Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thanks so much for joining me today. Welcome to The Shalene Show. We're recording this live from San Diego with the coolest group of people you've ever seen. I love it. Today we're talking about how to stop quitting, how to finish, how to focus on your finish. That and more today on The Shalene Show. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. So I'm a professional quitter. I... Can you hear the cocktails in the back? <laughs> it was like on cue, adult beverage. Shaker, shaker, shaker. No, we are not quitters. We're going to keep drinking and drinking and drinking. Anyways, today, talking about how to finish, how to finish. I was a former quitter. And part of that, like, it's so easy to blame our parents, but I had parents who let me, if I said, I don't like this, they let me quit everything. So if I took piano lessons for a week and said, I don't like this, it's horrible, they would say, oh, well, do you want to quit? And I'd say, yes. And art lessons and horseback riding and karate and judo and you name it, anything I did for a week, which it's always uncomfortable the first week, I would say, I don't like it. And they would say, okay, you can quit. You can quit. So not that I'm blaming them, but in my mind, I felt like it was a good thing to quit because then you were always trying something new. But that translated as an adult into me not having the ability to finish freaking anything. And when I say anything, I mean, I don't think I ever put the laundry away after I did the laundry. I would start the dishes, but I wouldn't put the dishes away. I would have a million brilliant ideas for a business, but I never would take them all the way to the end. I would volunteer to be you know, the chapter president of whatever, and I would be very aggressively involved in the beginning, and then I would fade away. I would quit everything, everything. And one of the things I realized was that I was looking for success. That's why I was often quitting, because I realized there was somebody already a lot better at it, or it was difficult for me, and I wanted to be successful. So I would quit in an effort to find success. If you don't stick to anything, you're never going to be successful. And I, I just didn't learn that. I remember walking across the stage at Michigan State to receive my diploma and almost having an out-of-body experience. Like, I couldn't believe... I actually did it. Like, I finished. How did this happen? Like, I finished? <laughs> I don't even understand. How did I finish this? It was almost by accident. And then once Brett and I graduated from state, moved out to Southern California, I was in that same pattern of, like, starting things because they were exciting and, like, putting all my effort in right away, fast and furious in the beginning. But then something else would grab my attention, and I would let that other thing fade. And when you do that, you're never truly able to be successful. And in my mind, at least, I would rationalize it like, well, it's because I wasn't that passionate about that thing. That wasn't my thing. But this thing is going to be my thing. And so I could excuse the fact that I was quitting 
something else. Until I realized, like, okay, this isn't working out. Like, this is not working. I'm not the success. I should be a, a success based on how many hours and how much time I'm spending trying to make things happen. And that's when I kind of realized, like, oh, I've got to figure out how to finish. And little did I realize it really boils down to habits, habits that I wasn't taught, habits that I had to learn as an adult, habits that today I still have to force myself to keep in place because it's really easy for me to quit. I think step number one is to just recognize why you quit. I know for me, it's I'm easily distracted. And if something else grabs my attention, I'm like, oh, I should do that. And I get very excited about it and very passionate about it. And I'll, I'll leave a pile of whatever it is I was just about to work on over here on the table. I'm so excited about something else that I've lost my passion and enthusiasm for what I was once doing. It's kind of like being in a new relationship. You know, new relationships are really exciting at first and you're all in and it's all you can think about and it's all you want to do and it's all you want to talk about and it becomes obsessive for you and it's a high, right? Like you feel your endorphins, am I right? Right, like you feel like, oh, this is new, this is exciting. And then that starts to fade and you lose interest. So I think one of the reasons why a lot of us quit things isn't because we're quitters. And I hear people always say, well, are you afraid of success? Maybe, maybe that's happening sometimes. But I think more often it's not about that. It's that something else grabs our attention. I want to share with you a quote from David Allen. He says, much of stress that people feel does not come from having too much to do. It comes from not finishing what we started. Isn't that the truth? Like finishing what you started. So right now, before we go any further, I want you to identify one thing, one thing that you know you need to finish. And if you're driving the car listening to this, I really want you to say it out loud. Because that's how you become accountable. You're like actually speaking those words. You're identifying that thing that's causing you a lot of stress. So we're recording this live and you can hear it like, oh, it got real buzzy in here. People are talking about the things that they need to finish. Which just, it's just clear, it's proof that we know, we know what it is we need to finish and it's hanging over us. It's like in the back of your head. And that's why it causes stress. Anything that you're trying to brush out of your conscious causes you stress. Like you're like, I'm trying not to think about it. That is causing you stress. So I'm going to give you some strategies that I think are going to make a really big difference in you reaching your finish line. Okay? And not just on this one thing. I want you to make this a permanent change. Like you really can. You can so change who you are. I don't think you can change someone else. I think you can sometimes inspire change in others. But I'm positive you can change and be all the things you want to be. Because so much of it boils down to habits. The first thing you have to do is you've got to be a lot more selective about the things that you're going to start. Why did you agree to do that? Why did you pick that? Now, I'm from the Midwest. Anyone from the Midwest? Okay, so we're like the nice, honest, cool people. <laughs> Super trustworthy and such. So I'm going to make a farming analogy because I, I grew up like in 
farming communities. And I think that there's so many metaphors to be taken from farming. But when we think about the way a farmer decides how he's going to grow a crop, the very first thing he has to do is decide on crop selection. Like, if, And if we're talking about seasons, crop selection is saying, okay, what should I grow? What should I work on? Like just because avocados are hot in California doesn't make it a good idea for you in uh, Western Michigan to decide to grow avocados. Like it's not always a great decision, like making the decision to start a podcast. I love that there's some thoughtful discussions happening. Like, is this the right time for me? How am I going to do this? Why do I want to do this? So your very first step is just start being much more selective about the things that you say you're going to do. Here's something I want you to ask yourself. Am I going to be interested in, like, honestly, am I going to be interested in this six months from now? Because if it's a project that takes six months and you know yourself and you know you're not going to be interested in it, then it's probably not the right decision. I was going back through older podcast episodes that I'd done from 2016, early 2016, and I was talking about how obsessed I was about nutrition and metabolism and body types and our own DNA, and like I'm still obsessed with that. You know, so that to me was like that was a thoughtful pursuit. That's something that was important for me to start because I knew that there was so much to learn it would take a lifetime for me to lose interest in the body and nutrition and how each one of us are so different. I just find that so fascinating. Second thing you have to do is you've got to pick the right time. Also, farming, right? You've got to pick the right season. Is this really a good time for you to get a puppy? Do you really want that much stress? Should you really be, whatever it is, scheduling that that vacation or starting a new project, having a baby, starting a new job, building a business. Is this the right time? Is this the appropriate season? Because if you think about our ultimate goal, right, is the harvest, like to reach fruition, to mature the crops. And if that's our goal, then you have to go, all right, so is this the season where I can devote enough time to growth? Like, be much more selective before you jump into things. Go slow. Do I really want to do this? And people pleasers, we're the worst. Because a lot of the things that we take on, we take on because somebody, we can get pumped up by somebody else's excitement. You should do this. You're like, you're right. I should. I can see it's got you very happy and excited. And I like making people happy and excited. So, yes. But if you just slow down and go, that actually sounds amazing, and just give yourself an inch, like a pause, a breath, and say, that actually does sound amazing. I just need to like check what I've got coming up around the corner and make sure I can give you the attention that it needs, and I'll get back to you. Just say, I'll get back to you. We're so quick to say, that sounds amazing, let's do it, when really what we should say is, I'm not sure if this is the right time. And you've got to be better about your spontaneity about your desire to do things in the moment you know I think about I'm terrible at this like I will it's Christmas it's a week before Christmas and I'm opening up cupboards and going why do we have all this stuff why is there so much junk in our house we need to do a cleanup we need to do a decluttering now order us a dumpster on the you know 23rd of December not a good time like it's not a good time like Think about what you've got going on. Like if you've got a new baby or you've got, 
you know, a major transition. Is this really a good time to tackle that thing that has your attention? Because a lot of times what it is we're distracted by is just that, a distraction. How often have you had like a big project, something you like, you friggin' needed to do and you're like, but my closet's messy so I could do that big project or I could organize my bras. <laughs> That's my destination procrastination. I'm like, ha, 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 I have a lot to do, but I can't do it. Look at these shoes. It's a mess in here. So I, I have to catch myself and just, you know, being self-aware. Like, what do you do? What projects do you start digging into because they become a distraction? And is it the right season for it? Number three is you need to set smaller milestones because one of the reasons why we lose interest is because we've lost, we don't feel that adrenaline rush. Like it's exciting to cross the finish line. But if your finish line is I want to lose 100 pounds, that's a ways off. And you're never going to feel the adrenaline of 100 pounds. I mean, you are, but it's so far off that you can lose the motivation, the mojo that comes when you feel the box being checked off when you reach that milestone. So instead, set smaller milestones. To use another example, my daughter, Sierra, this summer, when she decided that she didn't want to run anymore, we were working out together, which is exciting for me because I'm like, you want to work out with me? Okay. Because in the past, you know, I'm like, mom, it's like not cool. She'd be like, what are we going to do, mom abs? (laughs) Like, what are mom abs? But when she wanted to exercise with me, I'm like, this is amazing. And she had created some routines. And I I thought they were amazing. What she was doing was taking the routines that she had done in track to get her in the shape that she needed to be in. She loved the training, just hated running. And so I was, you know, following along, like letting her take the lead and doing these workouts with her. And she said, mom, you should like turn these into a workout program or a book. And I said, I can't, but you can. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you, you should write like a book or, you know, she's like, I don't want to be on video. I don't, I don't want to do that. And frankly, I don't know that I would want her to be because, you know, it's just, I know that that was a, like the least fun thing that I did was the videos. I love working out with people, but actually filming the videos is like not that fun for me. Some people love it. Like Shanti, he freaking loves it. And, and Tony, I think he likes it too. But I like being with live, I like being with like a live workout group and doing the videos felt like I was an actress. I didn't enjoy it. So I didn't know if I would want her to do that, but I definitely wanted her to write the book. So what we did was decided, okay, here's the goal. You know, you could create this ebook and sell it. And she started into the project. So think about this for yourself. You start into a project, and then, but what's the end point? Where do we finish? Like, what's the milestone? So as she started getting into it, I could tell that she was losing interest. Because that's hard, like to take a project that big. It sounds fun when you talk about it. But for all of us, there's that fun excitement that you get about picturing the end product. And then there's the day-to-day grind. And that's not that fun. It's not that fun to hook up your email list. It's not that fun to write your thank you letter and to make sure things are automated. It's just not that fun. And that's when I could tell she was starting to lose interest. And so I said, let's set some milestones. Like this week, I think the only thing you should focus on is creating a freemium. That's it. Just something you can give to people. And then when I could tell we were getting closer and closer to the time that she would be starting school, 
And I could tell she was like losing interest because what would she be interested in? School, right? Like getting an apartment and, and it's just like you. You get interested in other things. And when you get interested in other things, you lose interest and in that which you were in the middle of. And that makes us feel bad. We don't feel good about things that we don't finish. But if we've never defined the finish, how do we know or a milestone, how do we know that we've reached it? And how do we get those endorphins that we wanna feel when we hit a milestone? So I said, your only objective is to finish the book, not to sell it, not to promote it, not to do anything on social media, just finish the project, that's it. And that was doable. So you wanna pick a milestone that's really doable. And that's important because it's gonna make you feel great. It's going to make you feel so good to actually reach that milestone. It doesn't have to be finished like it's this huge thing that you can tell the world about, but it's a big deal for your mentality and your mojo if you reach that milestone. And the next part, the next suggestion I have for you, I'm going to need you to like maybe hold someone's hand because I need to give you some tough love. If you have an adult beverage, take a sip. You need to stop jumping. You're a jumper, and you know who you are. It's those of you who are like, I'm losing interest, and if I jump to that thing, I'll be successful. These are the people who, they, they get really excited, like overly excited about things, and they get really into it, and they start telling everybody about it, and then something else grabs their attention, and they jump. And what we say is we make excuses, and we say things like, well, that wasn't for me. That, that wasn't really my style until I found this and we jump. Jumpers are also the people who, like you get really hot about like maybe it's a technique or a style or uh, a way that you can improve your business. I see this all the time in people who join my academies. Like the Marketing Impact Academy is a commitment and it really changes people's business, but you gotta do the work. And I find that when people lose interest, they're like, um, Oh, I see people are talking about podcasting. Let's do podcasting. Because if you're doing something, if you're busy, you can feel good about yourself temporarily. But it's a temporary happiness. It's a temporary good feeling that we feel because we're doing. Which is why we feel good when we're distracting ourselves with things like organization, when the fact is we need to finish a blog or we've got something to do for work or we, we're scrolling through social media and we're pretending like we're doing something for our business and that feels good, but really what we're doing is avoiding the thing that we don't feel like doing, right? Like the thing that's like, oh, it's gonna be so much work. And that's what jumpers do. I'm a former jumper. I'd be like, oh, I've invested in this course or this book or this project, but that's going to get me there quicker. That's going to get me there faster. That's more exciting. And so I would jump. And then I always felt bad about never finishing the things that I started. So jumpers, I'm telling you, if you know this to be true about yourself, identify yourself right now as a jumper and commit to finishing. Because nothing feels better than knowing you gave it your all. You went all the way to the end. Which leads me to my next point. You've got to give somebody permission to call you out. And you know who that needs to be. You know who it's not? 
It's not your girlfriend who's like, oh, oh, that's fine. Girl, I know. That is hard. No, you should leave him. Not her. You need to give permission to the friend who's like, I don't even want to hear it. But okay, fine. Tell tell me. Like that girl. Like that guy. Like the friend or maybe it's a family member or a mentor, whoever it is. You need to give that person permission permission to shoot straight with you and say, did you finish that? Now, for me, that's Brett. And I don't even know if I gave him permission or he just stepped in and decided he was going to tell me. But thank God, because I come up with like a new, completely different business idea every other week. Like, I'm like, okay, I got it. We are going in, we're going to make dresses for women who self-tan. It's going to be huge. And he's like, um, how about we finish what we're working on? And by the way, that's Brett 2.0. Brett 1.0, my first husband, he would say, that's fine. Let's fire everybody and let's make tanning dresses. <laughs> because he didn't, he didn't have... He just didn't have his voice. You know, he, he didn't say no to me because he thought I was going to steamroll anyways. And he was always like, why say no if you're going to do it anyways? But the fact of the matter is, when he says no, it does make me go, you're right. I should finish this first. So you've got to give permission to that person. And sometimes that person does have an opinion. You just haven't told them that you want to hear it. But listen to me closely. You need to take their advice. So if you're going to ask for it, you better take it. And not every single time, but 90%. If you're going to ask for it, it's rude to ask for someone's opinion and then ignore it. You better at least have a conversation about it because that's how you respect your partner. That's how you respect your best friend. There's nothing worse. You know this because you're smart people because, duh, you listen to podcasts. But you're always giving people advice anyways. And it is so freaking annoying that some of the people you give advice to, they don't listen to it. Am I right? And how much do you start to care each time you give them valuable advice and they're like, in one year, out the other, you're like, I don't care. And then they start asking for your opinion. You're like, whatever you feel like. <laughs> Ding. Right, because you know they're not gonna listen. So you're doing yourself a disservice by discrediting or not taking the advice of those people who you know are wise counsel. Take their advice, and if nothing else, have an open conversation about it, because I think that most people, when we give advice, correct me if I'm wrong, it's because we care about other people. It's not that I have an agenda. I care about you, or I wouldn't, I'm not telling you this because it's helping me. I'm telling you this because I care about you. And if you don't care enough about yourself to follow through on this, why am I giving you my advice, right? So listen to those people who want to give you advice. My next tip is this. You've got to put blinders on. So if you have a hard time finishing things, by the way, can I ask you to identify yourself? If, yeah, that can sometimes be me, right? If you have a hard time finishing things, I find often those people who have a difficult time finishing things are really creative, you're super creative. You're like, I just have so many ideas. There's just not enough hours in the day. I'm going to start them all. It's going to be great. And somebody else can pick up the slack. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm not that interested. So you've got to put blinders on. The way that I had to figure this out, 
because I had to figure this out. It's the only way I'm sitting here today is that I really had to put blinders on because I'm so distracted by all shiny things. If I overhear your conversation and you guys are talking about another podcast, like all the podcasts you mentioned earlier today, I'm going to have to go home and listen to all of them now. Like if I hear you talking about some amazing person to follow on Instagram, I'm going to have to follow them. So I really try to put blinders on because all of those things distract me from what I need to do. I hear so many leaders talking about networking, but I think there's a season for networking. Right now, I can't network. I want to spend time with you, but if I'm networking with people who are in the same industry and really creative and movers and shakers, they're going to make me feel like I need to move and shake. And the truth is, I need to finish. I need to finish. So I try to really put blinders on. When I'm studying something, I only listen to podcasts on that subject. When I really need to finish something, I really have to make sure, make certain that I'm not spending any additional time on things that are going to distract me and get my attention. And I have to catch myself. I want you to learn to catch yourself when you're taking an interest in something that's going to take you off your path. Write that down. When you find yourself off the path and getting excited about something that has nothing to do with what you need to finish, pull yourself back, okay? Number seven, this is really gonna help you. Define your finish. What is your finish? Have you thought about it? What is the finish? Right, so right now I'm finishing up the book for the 131, that's the 131 method. Thank you for the applause, love you. and when I finished the manuscript, you probably heard me say in social media, I didn't say I finished the book. I said I finished the rough draft of the manuscript because in my mind, I've already set what I believe is the finish. And what the finish for me has a specific date and it has, it's the last thing that I have the ability to edit. So when my ability to edit anything is over, that's when I'm finished. So I haven't decided that the finish is when the book releases I haven't said that I'm finished when the manuscript is done. When I no longer have the ability to edit, that's my finish. And it has a date. It has specificity. What is your finish? So remember at the beginning where I asked you to identify that thing you need to finish? And you did? What is the finish for that? And here's a tip. Pull it back. You might be making it too big. You might be making that finish too far off. Like, let's say you, for example, are like, well, what I really need to do is I need to reach a certain milestone in my business, or I I just need to be successful in my business. Well, that's not a finish. You're never going to feel the adrenaline rush of being able to check that box. If you're like, I want to be successful, you have to give it a specific milestone, a specific finish. I will feel I've finished this season when, what happens? And if I can just give you permission to make it a little easier on yourself. Don't make it so big. Pull back a little. You know, it's so much more fun to go, I did what I said I was going to do. You don't have to measure everything that you do based on what other people have done. You know, pick some milestones and finish those milestones because that is going to fuel your mojo to go to the next level. I think we're so hard on ourselves and I really do think a big piece of this is because of social media. Man, I try, I, like when Brett's on his phone, 
And he'll say, oh, so-and-so, oh my gosh, so-and-so's doing it. I go, don't tell me. I don't want to know because it's going to make me feel like I should be doing that too. They're, they're on vacation. They're doing this show. They're doing, I don't, I don't want to know because I really like my life. The only time I don't like my life is when I'm looking at other people's lives. <laughs> right? Amen? So don't look at their lives. Just don't look at their lives. I just talk to you guys and I don't look at what everybody else is doing because it makes me feel bad. I do a lot. <laughs> so I know that if I feel bad looking at what everybody else is doing, everybody must feel bad looking at what everybody else is doing. Social media does that to us. So define what it means for you to finish. Okay, and my last and final tip is this. And this is for just a select few in the audience. You might need another adult beverage swig. <laughs> this one's actually for my perfectionists. How many of you, you know that what is creating an obstacle, the reason why you're not finishing, is because it needs to be perfect. You just need to make it messy. You just need to make it messy because that's the only way it's going to get out there. And I find in the thousands and thousands of people who I've talked to are perfectionists because I'm not one, but I'm fascinated by them that you often had a very critical parent. So of those people who raised their hands, put your hands up if you said you're a perfectionist. Hands up again. And how many of you had uh, at least one parent who was pretty critical or had high standards, standards of excellence, even for themselves? Maybe they weren't critical of you, but they had standards of excellence for themselves. And you see that and you say to yourself, well, if that's the bar, that's where I have to be. It's pretty common. So either you had a critical parent or you had success around you. So you've had the self-imposed criticism. So how many of you have self-imposed criticism? Like maybe you had super supportive parents, but you're like, but it ain't good enough. It's not good enough. Well, not good enough means that it'll never get out there. So my advice to you is you've just got to start. You've got to start. You've got to get it out there and it's good enough and you can fix it later. I really think that part of the reason why I've had success is because I am not a perfectionist. I like things done right. I always know that I can make it better. Oh, I always tell myself I can make this better. I, I hold the Guinness Book of World Records for having done the most exercise videos. Do you know how many I've watched? I've never once watched one of my videos all the way through. Never once. I see other trainers and they work out to their own videos. I'm like, <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. It's like having a velvet painting of yourself <laughs> or something. I don't know. Honestly, the reason why I can't watch one of my own workouts, I can't watch myself on videos because I can't change it. I can't make it better. I can't redo that. I'll watch snippets and I'll know what I need to improve, but to rewatch something that I've done will just torture me and go like, you shouldn't be doing this and you know, why? And you know, who can we call to have all of these confiscated from around the globe? <laughs> why, why did I wear those boots? And that's what helps me to just keep going, right? Like, so I think if I was always critiquing my own work, I 
would be so self-conscious that I would be afraid to make a mistake and afraid to make it messy. Most of what I've done all my life has been messy and I just try to make it a little bit better each time I do it. If I like doing it, then maybe I'll watch a snippet or I'll remember what I did and I'll write notes and I'll just try to make it a little bit better. I always say, if you can just be 1% better, just 1%, not 100%, not 50%, not 20%. If you just be like 1% better, that is so doable. Who can't be 1% better next week? And if you're just 1% better every single week, it's crazy how much progress you're gonna make over the course of your lifetime. But we set our objectives at a place that's so unobtainable. And we set ourselves up for success and then we feel bad. So my recommendation to you, those of you who need to do it just right, is to make it your goal to make it messy. Just get it out there and just start. You've got such greatness inside of you. And I want you to feel really great about yourself. And one of the ways to feel great about yourself is to finish. You know, I I use a day planner. And when uh, my kids struggle, when my friends struggle, and they call on me, when I struggle, I pull out a pen and a piece of paper. It's different from a phone. Our phones have turned into white noise. I used to use my phone all the time for this, but now I'm trying to ignore my phone most of the time, right? Like I'm really trying to ignore my phone. So it doesn't have the same profound effect of writing things out in your own handwriting on paper and having one, and I don't care if you use my journal or your journal or a pad of paper, as long as you always know where it is. And this is how you make sense of what needs to be done. This is how you create your milestones. This is how you just do a few things each and every day. I'm telling you, you're gonna feel so much better, so much happier, so much more peace and clarity when you just have just a few things that have been bouncing around in your head. If you put it on paper, dude, like everything changes when you take it from here and put it here. It's like the universe works in your favor. It conspires. It makes things happen. It's crazy the things that are going to align for you when you put your thoughts on paper. Anything is possible. And I want you to start applying some of these things. Like reread this list. Look at these suggestions. They're habits. And you can adopt all of them and make a huge difference in the things that you're able to finish. No more quitting. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. San Diego, you guys are awesome. You are the bomb.com. So amazing. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Shaleen Show was sponsored by The Shaleen Show Live, the live tour. We take The Shaleen Show live on the road. This is something we're just doing for a short period of time, and I hope that I'm coming to a city near you. To find out, all you have to do is go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash Shaleen Show Live. There you'll see the locations we currently have scheduled. Many of them are already close to selling out. We also offer a VIP experience that is freaking dope. It's my favorite part because then I actually get to spend time with you after the show. And sometimes there's cocktails. Sometimes it's just really fun and crazy. We take photos, we talk, we chat. You get to meet other podcast listeners, other lifers. It's really cool to connect. I can't even tell you how many little groups have sprung up from these get-togethers after the events. Plus, of course, we take care of you. You're the first ones who get to pick your seats right up close. You get to ask your questions first when we go to the live Q&A. And of course, we give you some awesome swag. 
We're trying to schedule all these in really small, intimate locations, and the price for the events are really affordable. Under $40 for general admission. So if you haven't already, please go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash Shaleen Show Live. Do that right now. Gather up all your cool friends, and I'll see you at the show.